A beautiful and powerful medical helicopter is flying across the beautiful state of Florida while it's on its way to pick up a medical patient at a rural hospital when the pilot suddenly dives the aircraft down to just 34 feet above the ground. When all is said and done, we are left with two deceased crew members, a completely destroyed aircraft, and a new flight nurse left with injuries and scars to last a lifetime. The full story coming up on this episode of The Dr. Medic. Hey everyone, thanks for visiting the Dr. Medic and watching this video. I just want to steal about 30 seconds of your time to share with you a charity that I created back in 2010 called EMS Success. Now, EMS Success is a federally recognized 501c3 charity whose primary mission is to financially support EMTs and paramedics from across the United States. We offer this support in two ways. The first way is by providing scholarships to paramedics who then agree to work for at least two years as a paramedic in a rural or an underserved area of the United States. And two, by providing a survivor's fund to financially assist the families of EMTs and paramedics who may be killed or injured in the line of duty. Now, to date, we have raised over a million dollars towards these causes. We've placed over 200 paramedics into the rural communities of America, and we have assisted almost two dozen families who have been affected by losing their hero loved one in a helicopter EMS or some type of ambulance incident. This financial support comes through private donations as well as EMS refresher and instructor courses that we hold online. Our EMS refreshers can be taken 100% online, 100% at your own pace, and are 100% accepted by the National Registry of EMTs. Our EMS instructor courses are typically sold out many, many months in advance. Profits from these courses go directly towards the mission of EMS success, as do 100% of all donations. If you need to renew your EMT or paramedic, or if you need to get your EMS instructor, or if you just want to visit the site and make a private donation, visit us at emssuccess.org and remember that all donations are tax deductible. Now, let's get back to the story. Now, the operator at the time of this accident was called OmniFlight, but they were doing business under the local branding of Tallahassee Life Flight out of Tallahassee Memorial Regional Medical Center in Northern Florida in the United States. Now, OmniFlight was a huge air medical operator at the time with over 100 helicopters and fixed wing aircraft covering almost half of the country with over 75 bases. Towards the end of their time though, OmniFlight had quite the string of terrible fatal crashes with five major helicopter accidents occurring in the span of just six months back in 2009. OmniFlight also happened to be the helicopter operator of the fateful flight that killed legendary blues guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan, as well as three members of Eric Clapton's touring crew back in 1990. OmniFlight, its helicopters, and all of its bases were eventually acquired by Air Methods back in 2011 for nearly $200 million.
Now, most of the aircraft that are normally discussed on this channel are the workhorses of helicopter EMS, such as the Bell 206 and 407, or Eurocopter AS350s, or any of the beautiful light twins like EC-135s or EC-145s. But in this case, we are looking at one of the most famous and coolest helicopters ever made in the Belco BO-105. The BO-105 broke all kinds of new ground when it took its first flight nearly 50 years ago. And at the time, it was the first helicopter in the world that used a rigid rotor head, which was made out of complete titanium, that did not have a flapping hinge and swivel joint. It was the first twin-engine light helicopter in the world with two Allison 250 C20B turboshaft engines, each making 420 horsepower. It was the first mainstream helicopter to load patients from the rear with the famous clamshell doors. And the rigid rotor head and the fiberglass blades also helped to make it one of the most highly maneuverable helicopters ever made. And even today, it is the helicopter of choice of acrobatics, especially with Red Bull, who actually utilizes four of them. And in 1972, it became the first helicopter to complete an inverted loop. And then a couple years later in 1975, it actually set the speed record of 251 miles per hour. There were over 1,400 BO-105s built with nearly 400 still in operation today. Now, Bolko later became a part of Eurocopter in 1991, with the last model being built in 2001, and the EC-135 technically being the successor to this amazing aircraft. The BO-105 in this accident is this beautiful model which received its certificate in 1992 with tail number November 911 Lima Foxtrot. Now a side note here is that there is a HEM service in the U.S. state of Ohio called ProMedica who currently flies EC-135s for their operations and one of those 135s actually now has the tail number November 911 Lima Foxtrot which is the same tail number as the BO-105 in this accident. Now, while the FAA routinely recycles tail numbers from deregistered aircraft, I mean, to me, it seems a bit odd that they would still use a tail number from a deregistered aircraft that was involved in a fatal accident, but that's just me. Anyway, this BO-105 carried the livery from Tallahassee Life Flight, had a total of 4,699 hours on the airframe, with its last inspection taking place just one hour prior to this accident. On board the aircraft was 35-year-old flight paramedic Richard Thompson. Now, Richard had been working as a paramedic for Tallahassee Memorial Regional Medical Center since 1981 and became a member of the flight crew in 1985 and was sitting in the front left seat. Behind him, in the back, was flight nurse and paramedic Trent Robinson, who was a rather new employee at the time, and he was sitting in the rear in a seat that was facing out of the left side of the helicopter. Now, sitting up front and to the right was pilot Jimmy Tucker. Now, Jimmy was 60 years old and had retired from the Army after 25 years of service, including two combat pilot tours in Vietnam. Pilot Jimmy held a commercial pilot's license for single and multi-engine land and was rated for both fixed and rotoring and was even an instructor for both as well. He held a second-class medical certificate with corrective lenses being his only limitation. He had a whopping 9,234 hours of flying time with over 1,100 hours in the BO-105. The weather? What weather? Not a factor in this accident. Pilot Jimmy had VMC as far as the eye could see on this day.
Now, the date of this accident was November 4th, 1994. The crew for Tallahassee Life Flight received a flight request to transport a cardiac patient from Doctors Memorial Hospital in Perry, Florida, back to Tallahassee Memorial Regional Medical Center in Tallahassee, which just so happens to be the capital of the beautiful state of Florida. The pilot accepts the flight and they depart Tallahassee Memorial on a Part 91 positioning flight at approximately 10.36 hours. They cruise at about 1,000 feet for about 20 minutes when the pilot comes over the radio and says, well, now it's time to break trend in with a real ride. The helicopter suddenly enters a steep vertical dive and levels off just about 20 to 30 feet off of the ground. There are several hard turns to the left and to the right as the pilot dodges trees and terrain. Just before hitting a tree, pilot Jimmy pulls up just as the dispatch calls them on a radio for a positioning report. You see, back in 1994, there wasn't any GPS flight following technology and the pilot was usually expected to manually check in every 10 to 15 minutes for a standard positioning report. When pilot Jimmy received this request from dispatch, he immediately climbed back up to 900 feet above the ground. He gives a quick positioning report to dispatch and then immediately dives back down to map of the earth. He takes a hard right and then levels off at about 35 feet above the ground and then directly in front of him, pilot Jimmy sees a massive set of 69 kilovolt sub-transmission power lines. The helicopter flies straight into the lines, snaps them in half, flips around, and then crashes. An extensive post-crash fire then consumed much of the aircraft. The flight paramedic Richard Thompson and pilot Jimmy Tucker both are killed immediately. And just moments later, flight nurse and paramedic Trent Robinson wakes up on the ground. He looks around and sees the destroyed helicopter, and then he realizes that they must have just crashed. There are no further positioning reports given by the pilot, and when 10 minutes passes and still no positioning report has been received by dispatch, dispatch calls for search and rescue, and the crash site is not found for another 41 minutes at 11.48 hours. There wasn't really much of an investigation that was needed to find a probable cause in this case. The surviving flight nurse was able to give a very detailed account of the events leading up to the crash, and there were also several deer hunters who witnessed the entire crash who stated that the helicopter was flying at a low level with high speed when it struck a 69 kilovolt power line at 30 to 40 feet above the ground, broke it in half, flipped, and then crashed. There was an extensive autopsy performed on the pilot as well as a full toxicology profile that was completed right down the road from here in Oklahoma City, which was all negative for all major drugs and alcohol. And in the end, the NTSB found the probable cause to be failure of the pilot to maintain sufficient clearance from the power line while buzzing at low altitude. You know, so many of these stories often end with some form of conclusion of pilot error, or the pilot made a bad decision, or a pilot made some form of a mistake. But in a just culture, this actually is a bit different, so let me actually explain it a bit. Now, if you've watched this channel long enough, you know that I am a man of science and I preach the data all day long. Visit the website, buy a stupid shirt. But I will admit that what I'm about to say is I am making an assumption here, but that assumption is based on decades of research and data that suggests that it is highly unlikely that this was the first time that pilot Jimmy was buzzing the ground or flying map of the earth with medical crew on board. If it wasn't his first time, how was he able to get away with it? Most likely because there was a lack of a just culture and without a just culture, no one will have the guts to report behavior like this for fear of retaliation or simply because they know that nothing will happen or no improvements will occur. Instead, people keep their mouths shut until it's too late 
and then some terrible tragedy like this comes along. And just like a previous story I did where an Airlift Northwest pilot mistakenly left one of the engines in idle during liftoff, he self-reported his own mistake, his own human error. And instead of looking at the processes and training and procedures and the overall system design that led to that mistake, they just straight up fired him. In a culture like that, do you think that whoever makes the next mistake is going to feel comfortable and safe reporting it? Probably not. And in a just culture, there is a difference between making a human error, like accidentally leaving an engine in idle during takeoff, demonstrating at-risk behavior, like accepting a flight in questionable weather, and simply being reckless, such as pilot Jimmy in this story. Now, this accident occurred nearly 30 years ago, and as of today, OmniFlight is obviously no longer around, and the hospital-based brand name of Tallahassee LifeLight no longer exists. Instead, as of early 2022, and after a nearly 10-year hiatus without any helicopters stationed in the area, Tallahassee Memorial Hospital has actually partnered with Survival Flight as their new helicopter provider. The base clinical manager for the Survival Flight base at Tallahassee Memorial Hospital Trent Robinson, the very same flight nurse who survived this horrific crash almost 30 years ago. It is mind-boggling to me to think that after all these years, this same flight nurse is still out there taking care of patients and making a difference in his community. I have absolutely nothing but love and respect for this dude. Absolutely amazing. I thank you guys so much for watching. If you learned something today, do all the things like liking and subscribing and sharing and especially smashing that super thanks button above. I promise you that it is only your support that is able to keep this channel going. Until next time, be safe, look out for each other, and I'll see you on the next episode.